What's going on, Card Nation? Welcome back into another episode of The Breakdown here on a Thursday night. Not just any normal Thursday night, guys. It is game week on all fronts. The game is happening on Friday afternoon. We are going to get into that. It's Cards and Cats on the hardwood. The battle for the Bluegrass Basketball Edition is going down Friday afternoon. And then on Saturday, we get another Big game as the Cards take on Mississippi State in the Tax Slayer Bowl down in Jacksonville. We will get into all of that and much more on the show tonight. I'm Taylor Lynch, joined as always by my co-host here, Lewis Metzinger. Lewis, what's going on on this, um, should we call it a balmy Thursday evening? It is. It's something out there. Jeez. Uh... <laughs> The the entire city of Louisville seems to have um, frozen solid. It is very, very cold. Yes. Um, I, it's what you'd expect at end of December, early January, I guess. So, oh, you know, it's winter. I'll deal with it. But I'm doing all right other than that. Well, good. It feels like basketball weather. Um, yes. That's, that's for sure. Uh, and there is a big game coming up. On Sat or on Friday, it feels like it should be on a Saturday, and it I'm going to get into that. Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to get into that because, ugh. Anyway, um, Christmas good. Everything, everything great. Spend some time with the family. I'm assuming we did. Yeah, for sure, it was good. good. Um, it's it's never relaxing necessarily. No, but it's, it's not. Fun. It's not, and I feel like that's a common like misconception. Like everybody talks about, oh, I'm going to get some get a couple days off for the holidays. But are you ever really? Do you really ever have a day off? Like, because I feel like I no, was I'm busy busier, every I'm busier during Christmas. Yes, I had something going on every day, so I really didn't have any time off. Um, so yeah, but Christmas was good, and uh, and merry belated Christmas to all of our listeners. Uh, thank you all for everything you do for us during the year, and we appreciate you very much. So speaking of time off. I don't have time off on Friday, Lewis, so I will be at work at 1 o'clock on Friday I afternoon. Am, uh, I'm right there with you, buddy. Yeah. No time off for us. Uh, no days off, as no. Belichick would say. No days um, off. And uh, I will be at work as well. And unfortunately for us, as of right now, I have no way um, of watching the game. No. Because I do not think that CBS has a streaming service. Dude. But I don't know. Maybe. Oh, we've got to research that. We've got to figure that one out because there has to be some way. Yeah, I think there's like a CBS Sports app or something. We've got to find a way because you've got to be able to watch this game. Friday at 1 o'clock, CBS, guys. Bill Raftery on the call. Uh, so somebody during this game is going to have onions. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. But, yeah, it sucks. This is awful timing. I don't know who decided this, but... I know that if anybody needs anything from me at work between the hours of 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock p.m., don't. Don't ask for anything. Don't need anything. That My phone doesn't need to ring. Um, and depending on the outcome, really the rest of the day, I'm going to be worthless as well. So I'm just going to be crabby and not fun to be around. So just fair word to the to the wise out there. Um, this is going to be difficult, Lewis. I think a lot of people are really going to have a hard time uh, – trying to watch this game in their cubicle or in the office. And I think we just lost Lewis there on that one. Um, so we'll effort to get him back. Uh, but I think a lot of people are going to have issues trying to 
get this game trying to be able to watch this game in the cubicle uh without the boss finding out uh or the the manager or anything like that so it's going to be definitely going to be interesting uh to see how card nation is out there watching this game uh on friday afternoon the game itself going to be pretty interesting as well um it's going to be I don't know. I, I feel like uh, there hasn't been a time in recent memory where both fan bases have been so just kind of eh about either about both of their teams. Um, I know Louisville fans are we really kind of don't know kind of what to expect from this team. You don't really know exactly how good this team is. Um, because we really haven't had a chance. I mean, they've had a few good games, but they've also had a couple games where they've struggled and they probably shouldn't have. Um, and they've not really played anybody. I mean, for the exception of Purdue and Seton Hall, which that Seton Hall game is a game they should have won. Um, and the Purdue game, I mean, you're on the road at Purdue. Uh, it's not a easy environment by any means to play and to try to win a basketball game in. Uh, so there is no shame in losing that. But Louisville's had two tests, and they haven't passed those tests, and now they've got a big one on their hands in Lexington uh, on Friday. And then for the Wildcats, I mean, they've kind of similar schedules, and I talked about this a little bit, Lewis, in uh, in the breakdown post uh, on the website, thebreakdownuwild.com. Kentucky and Louisville kind of had similar schedules, similar seasons up to this point. Kentucky's had two really big tests, Kansas and UCLA, and they failed both of those tests. Uh, They also had a game that they kind of felt good about, and that was the Virginia Tech game. And they were able to win that one. And then Louisville kind of had the game that they felt good about, and that was the Indiana game, uh, and they were able to win that one. So kind of similar for both of these teams. and I mentioned, I know we just got you back, but I mentioned while you were gone that I can't remember a time when both fan bases have been kind of so undecided in, about their teams. And really, I think there's Kentucky fans that think Louisville's got a chance to win this game. I don't know that there's Louisville fans that believe Kentucky's got a chance to win this game. Yeah, it's I'm never confident as a Louisville fan because we really we haven't really earned the right to be yet, I don't think. Um, this rivalry is completely lopsided. Um, even though we got that, that win last year, it's been lopsided. Um, but at the same time, like you said, I don't think that either, either of us really have not, I shouldn't say met expectations because I don't really know what the expectations were for both teams this season, but Louisville is Louisville's changed quite a bit too. Well, yeah, and they're in a completely different situation than than a couple months ago. So it's really one of those situations where I don't have – I'm the most calm that I've ever been about this game in yeah. years and years. And I think we all are about every sport, every Louisville basketball game. Because it's just like if we win, that'll be fantastic because young David Padgett leads Louisville into Rupp Arena – um, facing sanctions and God only knows that would what be else and beat, awesome. beat that the would Wildcats be... and Calipari at Rupp Arena. I mean, yeah. like, that's that's perfect. Like, great. If we lose, okay. Yeah. So what? I mean, that's <laughs> that's accurate. I mean, that's kind of, I think, how a lot of people feel. I mean, obviously, you're, you're going to be angry because you lose to the rival, but I think that the level-headed sane fan has that reaction that you're talking about that, well, 
Okay. So we, we move on. I mean, unfortunately for this fan base, we're loose to, used to losing to Kentucky. I mean, because it happens far more often than winning against Kentucky happens. So it kind of used to it a little bit, and that sucks, and I hate that, and I would love for that to change, and I would love for David Padgett to be able to go into Rupp Arena with this team and everything that they've gone through uh, and go in there and get a win. Now, you and I talked about it earlier in the week. I think when you look on paper at these two teams, there is not that much of a difference. Uh, Kentucky, obviously, a f- better rebounding team than Louisville. Um, but when you look at, I mean, they're both long, athletic teams. They both have uh, a size advantage against just about anybody else that they'll play. Um as far as height goes now, now weight, obviously, with Honest Mahmoud and Race Balding is never going to be a strong suit. But uh, they do have the height. They do have the length, the athleticism. Um, I think Louisville's probably a better defensive team right now than Kentucky. I think Kentucky's probably a better offensive team than Louisville right now. Um, but Kentucky is one of the, if not the, youngest teams in college basketball. And, of course, that's not altogether different from every other year. Um, right. But I do think when you look at these two teams and, and you look at their resumes and you look at what they've done up to this point, they're kind of having, I don't want to say mirror images, but they're having very very similar seasons, and on paper they're a very similar team. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Um, that, see, that I could, I could hear the, the pessimism in your voice there. I mean, on paper, like what kind of paper, like – like if we're talking like uh, projected skill level paper, no, they're I, I don't think they're even at all. Okay. I mean, no. Louisville has some some stars, but you know, Kentucky lives and dies by you know how many McDonald's All Americans they have on their team. So from that standpoint, I don't think it's very even at all. I'm but, just talking about what have you done so far to this point in the season. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I mean Kentucky's realistically, I think Kentucky's played a worse schedule than Louisville, and I don't think it's really debatable. Um, and they've lost two games. Um, yeah, but look who they lost to. Now yeah, the UCLA one when, is a little. Yeah, I mean uh, UCLA was trending downward very rapidly when when they beat UK. Yeah. So and that was a neutral side game. So sure, whatever. But. And I guess the Kansas loss was too. And Kansas is terrible, and that game was terrible to watch if yeah. you saw any of it. Yeah. Um. And I guess they've beat every other team they've they've, you know, supposed to be. But it's a little bit like Louisville, I guess, because they're only beating Harvard by nine points. And I was gonna say kind of like Louisville. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they look incredibly dominant now. They have looked dominant at times, but then again, so is Louisville for, for stretches of games. They've really put it together and looked really good. Uh, there was a stretch in the game against Grand Canyon where Ray Spalding went off and was everywhere on the floor, and the team really looked dominant and like they could play with just about anybody in the country. And Kentucky has looked that way at times this season too, but it's it goes back to the the youth and obviously you can't use that as an excuse because that's your MO. If you're Kentucky, if you're John Calipari, if you're a Kentucky fan, you cannot use the youth as an excuse for why you're not playing well because that is your whole mantra. That is your whole um that's what you're selling that that you can come in right now and you want it done and you play right now and so you can't you can't hide behind that. Oh, well, we're young. Okay, well, you're always young. Um, Cal does that every year. I know, every I know. Year. And it aggravates me to death among the other 
580 things that Cal does that I can't stand. Uh, but that's he one of them. He purposefully goes out and recruits over over people's heads every year and basically forces kids out every single year and then every single time they lose a game. It, well, we're, young. We're, we're young. We're young. We're young. We're the youngest team in college basketball. No, duh. Exactly. But what other choice do, that, do you have? You, you, you literally, like – shove play-doh through one of those presses every single year comes out with the uk <laughs> logo and then you're mad because you're the youngest team in college basketball yeah you can't have your cake and eat it too and he does try to do that right. sometimes um so it's i don't know i don't even really know how to feel about it um obviously if you've read the breakdown then you know i picked kentucky to win um and i don't even really when i was even making that pick i was like eh, uh, I don't know. And it's not necessarily because I think Kentucky is head and shoulders better than Louisville because I don't. Um, I think it has a lot to do with what Louisville team is going to show up. And I also think it has to do with playing in Rupp Arena. And when we've talked about it before on this show. We talked about it, you know, just us talking about basketball. But it's there's something different about playing in Rupp Arena. And you call it home cooking. You can call it whatever you want. But it's very difficult if you're an opposing team to go in there and win. And Louisville has not gone in there and won in quite a while. So I, I don't know. That one... The fact that it was a home game really made me lean Kentucky. Um, if it were at the Yum Center, I probably would have picked Louisville. Um, I think it's going to be a close game yeah. no matter what. Uh, this one's probably going to be in the 70s somewhere. Um, but if Louisville's going to win this game, I have my own set of things that I think have to happen. Uh, but if, in your opinion, if Louisville's going to win in Rupp Arena, what has to happen? What has to go right for them? Um, I, I think Honest and Ray have to stay out of foul trouble, first of all. Um, especially Ray. Well, I say especially Ray, but if Honest gets in foul trouble, I mean... Depth is the problem play, there. I, I, it is the problem, but I feel like we can play small ball um, and be effective because I, I think we have that level of guys. We have enough guys that are in that, like, three, four... Yeah. Three to stretch four range yeah. that we can play small ball across the board. Um, and it won't be that much of a problem, but I really think Honest has to stay out of foul trouble, and I think we have to see um, what we saw at Array um, uh, last week. And 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 the other thing is, Dang cannot have like you texted me the other day. He cannot have one rebound. Yes. And constantly throw the ball off his foot. We just can't, I mean, we will lose badly if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be as talented as Dang is, and playing in the position that he's playing where he kind of goes from the two to the three, back to the two to the three, sometimes in the four, depending on what the lineup is, and pull down one rebound. I mean, yeah, they still won the game because they were playing Grand Canyon, but he can't he can't do that in this game and Louisville have a chance. And I also said it earlier that Dang Adele, I feel like we're picking on him, and I don't, I don't mean to pick on Dang. And Dang's a great player, but sure. uh, he's had stretches in these last couple of games, and VJ King has done it too, where they're just out on the floor. They're not really doing anything. They're not really impacting the game. They're not really doing anything bad, but they're just kind of out there taking up minutes, and mm-hmm. that can't happen on Friday. 
in Rupp and Louisville have a chance to win. Dang and VJ, you, you just you have to do something, whether you're getting it done on the defensive end or whether you're you know, getting it done offensively, they're going to have to do something. I mean, VJ and, and Dang both will probably have the assignment on Kevin Knox when they're in the game. So they're both going to have to get it done defensively uh, for Louisville to have a shot. And I'm with you on the on the foul trouble. Honest Mahmood, race balling, they, they've got to stay out of foul trouble. And they've got to, as a team, crash the boards. I mean, everybody has got to rebound, especially offensive uh, rebounding. It's got to be better than it has been lately because Kentucky's, like I said, a really good rebounding team. Uh, they'll get up there. They'll pull down rebounds. Louisville's got to be able to do it. And and they've got to stay out of foul trouble. I mean, that's that's what really scares me the most because Honest is so effective at altering shots, blocking shots. Um, I don't want to, I can't really say clogging up the lane because Honest is not big enough to clog up the lane. But... But he affects most shots. Yes. He doesn't block all of them, although he does block a lot of them. He affects almost every yeah. possession. It's his presence in the lane that affects um, the shot. So him being able to be in there and play critical, crucial minutes, that has to be – that has to happen. And Ray needs to be the Ray, just like you said, that we saw against Grand Canyon. I mean, dude, he – in that second half of that game, he was – there was like a two-minute stretch where he forced a turnover – uh, rebounded, scored, blocked a shot. Like, I mean, he was everywhere. That is the race balding that I think we've all been waiting to see. And we finally saw that. And I hope that that was like a breakthrough moment for him and that he can carry this over now into this week. Uh, because he... <laughs> He needs it, and this team needs him uh, to come out and play well. The one guy that I don't think either of us have really touched on, and really the one position that we haven't really touched on is a guard position for Louisville. Um, I don't know if you can expect a game like the one Quentin Snyder had last year against Kentucky uh, where he was breaking ankles, but I think that Q has to have a big impact on this game for Louisville to win. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, he just, I don't necessarily think he has to have a overly positive impact. He just can't negatively impact the game. Okay. So he has to, to be the Q he is where he doesn't turn the ball over. Um, and he has to just be a game manager and, and, you know, rack up the assists, and he doesn't have to go off for, I don't remember how many points he had last year, but I know it was quite a few. Yeah. He was definitely the star of the game. Um, but he doesn't have to be, you know, he doesn't have to carry the team. And I think, in fact, if he does, it'll be a negative thing for Louisville. Um, but I think that if he just manages the game, manages the emotions that are going to be uh, running high in the freshmen, um, I think that's the most important thing he can do as far as, you know, direct impact. And we've heard a lot lately, and obviously, you know, Quentin has played really well, especially uh, over these last couple of games with Ryan McMahon coming back. And if you, if you would have told me, like, at the end of last season that Ryan McMahon was going to go out and with an injury at the beginning of this year, and then when he came back it was going to make such a big difference, I'd have been like, okay, all right. I mean, he's good, but... 
okay. Uh, but it really has made a big impact, especially with Quentin. I mean, having an opportunity to rest and not have to play, you know, 38 minutes a game. Um, it's it's impacted his game, and he's really played well these last couple of weeks. Um, who is the guy that you look at on this Louisville roster that you think could have a really good game on Friday? Because I've got one in my um, head that I think could have a really good game. I honestly, I don't think it'll happen, but I honestly hope Ryan has a really good game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think it could I, happen because Kentucky's perimeter defense. <laughs> uh, Ryan is just he's he's one of those guys, and I'm not going to throw out all the cliche terms that we give white guys. Oh, go uh, ahead, tell short, me short white guys. Yes, he's, he's so crafty. Tell me he's deceptively uh, quick. Deceptively quick, <laughs> quick, so crafty. Um, he's <laughs> got a and he's got a nice nice form. He's got like, a basketball uh, IQ. He's got a yeah, high I basketball IQ. Like <laughs> Dead eye shooter, you know all that. Um, but no, he's he's just he's swaggy. And that's what I <laughs> all right, all right. And even if he, even if I've heard from a lot of people that that know know him a little bit better, they say he he's kind of kind of arrogant, maybe a little bit on the douchey side. But I'm fine with it because he's. <laughs> Because it translates well to the basketball court because he has that confidence about him where he doesn't care if you're 6'7". He's just going to shoot it and he's going to hit it in your eye. You know what I mean? He doesn't care. Um, And and I think if he goes off and has a good game, I I think that when he does well and plays well and plays with that energy and that swag, I think the entire team feeds off of it because they look at him and they're like, all right, Mr. Deceptively quick, high basketball IQ. You're not afraid of this team <laughs> and you're not afraid to rep arena. Neither should we shouldn't be either. So I, I think if Ryan has a big game, I, I think that can only be uh, a positive sign for Louisville. I think I love that whole, that whole segment right there was, that was wonderful. Um, the one guy that I think could really have a big impact on this game and I think he could have a big impact, but I'm also kind of scared of how he's going to respond in this environment, and that is uh, Darius Perry. I think, yeah, I think he could really have a big game um, because he is so just tenacious defensively, and is hasn't shown at any time this year that he's afraid of anything or anybody. So, I think that this is perfect for him, but I also worry because. We've seen it. He's the vocal leader. He is the guy that's not afraid to get in somebody's face and rah, 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 and jump up and down and kind of let his emotions get to him at times. So I worry a little bit about that with him in this game um, because it's going to be a charged atmosphere. I mean, with everything that's gone on with Louisville, uh, I ha- I can't imagine BBN is going to take it easy uh, on these guys when they come interrupt. So it's going to be a charged environment. Emotions are going to be running high, and I just I, I wonder about Darius and if he can reel it in. Uh, if he can, I think that he really has an opportunity to have a really good game. Um, and and Louisville's going to need it. I mean, Kentucky's got guys. You look at the guards and Quade Green and Hamadou Diallo. Um, 
Shai Gilgis Alexander. I mean, these are guys that are effective. Diallo's 15 and a half points a game, uh, playing 28 minutes, shooting 45% from the field. I mean, these guys are getting it done. And the thing that Kentucky's doing um, that Louisville's going to have to do, and it's not just, you know, rebound with your big guys. Kentucky's guards rebound. Hamadou Diallo's averaging 4.6 rebounds a game. I mean, he's he's getting up there. He's pulling down rebounds. Um, that's what the Louisville guards are going to have to do, and I think Darius can do that. He's shown he's not afraid to get down and get down low and bang with guys uh, and go up and get rebounds. So I, this is this feels like a good game for him, but I do wonder if he'll be able to to hold the emotions in check on this one. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a fair point. I also I think if Malik does get in the game, I mean he's kind of a little bit like that too. Yeah, he's I was gonna say he's another to, one to go at it. Um, so hopefully, you know, because that can really ra- like rattle your team if you, if you're not able to. It's it's great to have emotions, but and it's very important to the game and, and to all um, you know competition or competitive. Um, aspects of life, but you have to be able to temper that and to to control it and to use it to, you know, to fuel yourself and your teammates, but not necessarily uh, negatively impact uh, the quality of the game. So we'll see. I mean, refereeing is a huge test for freshmen, so we'll see. Do you think, and I've heard this talked about a little bit today, do you feel like the rivalry feels a little bit different without Patino here now? I, I mean, yeah, no doubt. There's no question about it, and, and it's it's understandable. You, you you have two coaches, and even towards the end, like last year, um, I'm pretty sure it was last year when Patino was on Calipari's podcast, yeah, chumming it up. Like, yeah, it's just I, I don't know. It's just kind of it doesn't really feel the same. Like I, I and I think it's <laughs> I have no reason. I have no understanding of why it is. I mean, even last year it wasn't as bad. Um, I think two years ago was kind of like peak when uh, Patino, you know, flicked, flicked the fans off walking out of Rupp Arena. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it all just peaked and it all exploded at that point. And then it's just kind of been like, you know, OK, now what? Yeah. And, and like I, I was talking to uh, my my wife's I guess it's my uncle too, my wife's uncle. Yeah. Um, oh, he's a UK fan. The, yeah. I was going to say that's the Kentucky side of the family. Am I correct? Yeah. OK. They're the. Uh, they're the nice Kentucky fans. Um, not but the delusional ones. Not the delusional. I mean, a little bit delusional. There's you can never. Do they think they're going to beat Northwestern in the Music City Bowl? Like that's that's the mark of delusional fan. If they think they're going to win that game, then they are delusional. Well, they they're they're smart because they don't just they just don't talk about football. Ah, so, okay, good. Okay, good. Um, yeah, very smart um, on that on that front. I but like them. Good Kentucky I was just fans. Talking to them, and just saying like. Uh, like how how can you what do you what could you possibly hate about pageant? Like that's, that's what, true. What fueled the rivalry was UK fan. You know, Patino leaves, abandons, saves UK, and then abandons them to go to the rival. That's why they hated him so much. <laughs> um, and, and then the scandals just added fuel to the fire because more to pick on and all that. But you know what? What do you hate about young David Pageant just trying to? I love that you call him Young David Paget every time we talk about him. You always preface it with Young David Paget. I I mean he's he's nine years older than us. So, well, 
eight years older than you. So wow. It's like, you know, and you're an old man, though. So I, I am. I mean, I, yeah. That's different. One I foot mean, in the grave. He's much closer to your age than my that's age. True. Say, yeah. That's true. That's true. You're just a pup, and then there's me, yeah. the old hound. I'm just, okay. I'm a young stud. Yeah. You're, oh, you're, 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 yeah. you're a silver fox. Take there, me out but, to pasture. Uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Thanks. But, Thanks I mean, so much. it's just, he, he's a young dude just going in. Do his best with the, you know, it's not like Louisville doesn't have talent. I'm not going to be like, oh, he's just going in there with his, you know, his five walk-ons to try and take on <laughs> almighty. I mean, you know, that, he went to YMCA and just found some guys and here they are. That's next year's, that's next year's team. Or oh, I guess two God. years when he takes the, the five walk-ons into rep arena. But, oh. um, no, but it's it's just like what what could you possibly hate about him? And he's like, I I, I don't hate anything about him. He's like, I, I can't. It's so hard to root against Louisville because it's like I don't really have any problem with any of their players, and I don't right. have a problem with Pageant. Right. So like, yeah. I mean, the only thing I don't really care about UK's players. Like, I don't even know them really this year at all. I've never watched them play. That's the um, thing about. But I still hate this Calipari. rivalry. That's well, why I can hate that. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing about the way Kentucky has set up their their system of the one and done, you don't get to know these guys. You don't get to form opinions about them and either like them or don't like them um, because they're not here long enough to, to yeah. form that opinion. So I mean, some players yeah. you can automatically like. I never liked... Um, I was never a big Julius Randle fan. Yeah, Julius Randle was kind of he was, mm. uh, yeah. but I, I mean like Deer and Fox, like I I I was like a fan of Deer and Fox, so I like couldn't, I didn't really like Malik Monk. I, I know mm-hmm. he was talented, but he kind of he was, but like Collie Stein, ugh. ugh. If I never heard the name or saw yeah, him again true. the rest of my life, I would, it would be a blessing. Now, is it because of what him. he did at UK, or is it because he's still acting like a teenage boy in the NBA? It, it's everything. It's just he was just so. And that play in the Yum Center a couple of years ago, where Trez like, I don't, I, I don't know if that was like some kind of like military dive that he did, um, <laughs> going for that loose ball and then Collie Stein dunked it. And yes, stared him down and I'm like, Ugh, just get out of here. Yes, I know, that's ridiculous. What is your favorite moment from this rivalry? That you can that you can conjure up right now. Um, I mean, it would, it's probably a tie between um, Russ Smith absolutely baptizing Julius Randle not once but <laughs> twice in that one year, yes. or if not that, then it's got to be Q um, dropping um, Bam out of Bio's drawers on the yes. center floor. Yes, that's just it's. But no, Russ. Russ dunking on Randall like that. And, and Louisville should have won both of those games. Yes, they should so, have. They were mu- a much better team. I mean, they were dominating Kentucky in the tournament that year. Yeah. Um, up until the up end. 11 up until, points at one lost, point? Yeah, they lost in the last 90 seconds of both of those games. So um, oh. maybe even less in the tournament one. But that, that's a t- that's, that was probably the lowest point of this rivalry that I can remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those between those two, it's or that um, uh, shoot, I forgot his name now. Um, young guy. Uh, <laughs> young guy. Well, it could have been uh, David Paget. Um, no, it wasn't Paget. It was. Uh, I think uh, you're thinking of my years. moment. 
he was the four-year guy played here guard um, you're thinking of my moment ago. it was the edgar okay, sosa three that the he edgar nailed yes, the at three. the basically at midcourt uh yes, to destroy dude. kentucky's hopes and dreams yes that is and will forever be one of my top moments from this rivalry um <laughs> Because it was one of those, it was almost like the Mango Mathiang uh, corner of the key yes. shot against Virginia, where it's like, no, 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 yes! Yes, it was one of those. It was like, oh, Edgar, no, oh, yes, you're amazing, you're wonderful. Uh, yeah, that will that will forever be one of my favorites. And then it was last year, because last year was the first year that I have ever actually got to experience a Louisville-Kentucky game in person uh, in basketball. And I've seen several football ones, but the basketball one was the first time I've ever got to see it in person. Uh, and Louisville really dominated in uh, several stretches of that game. And then, of course, Quentin Steiner went off, and then, you know, he deep your boy uh, in the lane. It was beautiful. Um, so that one... I mean... And we cannot forget, we can't talk about our favorite moments without talking about the Shane Bahannon steal and dunk and the blowing of the kiss with the L. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that one. Yes. Oh, that one's a good one, too. See, we have had some good moments in this rivalry, even though it's been completely one-sided lately. Just once every four years, it's been great. Yes, it's like a leap year. You get a leap year and a Louisville win over Kentucky. It's once every four years. Um, So, I don't... I was getting back to what we were talking about with David Padgett um, and the whole Rick Pitino being gone now, and is it different? Do you think that David Padgett being a former player and playing in this rivalry, do you think that brings maybe a little something, I don't want to say like more juice, but just a more interesting um, side of this to the rivalry? Because, I mean, Patino, yeah, he coached at both schools, and that's that's pretty big for the rivalry. But, I mean, Padgett was out there, blood, sweat, and tears, playing in this rivalry, and it was recently uh, that he was doing so because, as you mentioned, you know, he's not that much older than me. So I think that kind of brings a little extra added element uh, to the rivalry. No, no doubt. I mean, he knows he's been, you know, on the court um, while he's being booed and yes. that and all that kind of stuff. Like, he knows what it's going to take, and he can talk to these guys. Um especially the freshman guys that have never played at Rupp, or I guess Dang has played at Rupp because um, he's a junior. So mm-hmm. um, some of these guys know, and Honest has played at Rupp before, but, you know, um, he knows what it's like. And it'll, it's a different, it's got to be a different experience being on the sidelines only and not being able to contribute. But he just knows what to expect, and I think that will help a lot of the young guys. Uh, it's, I'm looking through Jeff Greer's timeline, and he says, Quentin Snyder says David Padgett started getting on some Louisville players yesterday in practice to try and reinforce the significance of the rivalry. Said it was a little too loose before that. So that's a, that's interesting. Yeah, that's... Is that a good sign or a bad sign? Well, I think that it's a. You can look at it as you know maybe one of two ways. You can look at it as it was a bad sign that maybe they were too loose, or you can look at it as a good sign that yeah, David Paget understands the significance of the game, um, and that he's trying to get his guys focused to go in there and win. I think you can. I look think at it's it the worst ways. possible thing if they go in there and play tight and play yeah. like this is the biggest and 
you know, whatever of whatever. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. Paget on race. Maybe, maybe if we beat him, then um, then Calipari will remember how to say Louisville and not uh, Louisville, like you said the other day. God. Add that to the list. Uh, David Paget on race balding, avoiding foul trouble. See, everybody knows that Ray needs to avoid it. Uh, he's a junior now. He knows how to pick his spots, when to assert himself. Uh, you just have to trust his experience. I don't think experience is what we question with Ray. I think it's consistency is what we question. Um, and just for what it's worth, your boy John Cow thinks that David Padgett is, quote, doing a great job with Louisville. So, I'm sure DP will sleep better tonight, now knowing that he has the uh, support of John Calipari. Surely, yeah. (laughs) So, we've talked a lot about the basketball game, and I promise we will switch gears and get to the uh, football game as well. If you are listening to the podcast and you are enjoying it, make sure you hit the share button, share this out so that everybody can hear what we're doing here on The Breakdown. You guys can connect with us. Hit us up on Twitter. It's at the Breakdown UL or at Taylor Lynch at Lewis Metzinger. Also check out the website, thebreakdownul.com. The Kentucky Breakdown is up there. If you want to read it, check it out. Get ready for tomorrow's game. Um, all right, Lou. So tomorrow, Rep Arena, 1 o'clock. What is going to happen? Um, I think it's going to be back and forth for a while. Um, but I, I think in the end, I think that six and a half is probably right about where it'll be. I think that um, Kentucky will pull away. I think there'll be some, I think it'll get to the point where Louisville's having to foul. And I just don't think that Kentucky's a poor enough free throw shooting team. Um, for it to matter at all, and I think it's going to be probably maybe an eight, eight, nine point win for Kentucky. I'd say. I um, I'm kind of I'm with you on the Kentucky win. Um, I do think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. I think it's going to be tight the entire game, uh, and I think it's going to come to come down. I can't talk. Come down to the last um, maybe minute or so uh, of the game before Kentucky, you know, makes a couple baskets and Louisville can't get a stop, uh, and then Kentucky goes on to win. So I think it's going to be close. I think maybe Kentucky wins by three. I think maybe that six and a half is a bit much. Um, I think Kentucky probably wins by more like three or four. Um, I hope not. Is, will you be more demoralized? This is a good question. Would you be more just heartbroken and demoralized if Louisville went in there and just got trounced or if Louisville went in there and lost a really close game? I'd be more upset if they lost a close one. I, I kind of really I be surprised if they went in there and got beat, yeah, badly. See, I'm the opposite. Like, I would be so pissed if they went in there and just got hosed and it was like a 20-point win for Kentucky. I would be more mad about that than I would be if they went in there and they lose by one or two on like a last second, like buzzer beater three. Like that would be gut wrenching, but at the same time, you'd be like, wow. I mean, they really played a good game, went into a hostile environment and really had a chance to win. And then, you know, Kentucky fires one up and it drops. I mean, yeah, I get. I mean, either way, it's gonna suck. Yes, I mean, I'm, either I'm way. Just, I'm mentally preparing for it now, so I'm. I won't be that upset. But I think that speaks to like us as basketball fans in this city, and and that 
we can say everything that you and I have already said since the beginning of the show about, you know, you're kind of eh if they win and you're eh if they lose. And, you know, it's it's been a long season already and all of this. But then at the same time, we wrap everything up by saying it's going to suck either way if we lose. <laughs> I mean, we can accept it. We can expect it. But at the same time, nobody's going to be happy if it actually happens. Um so even though you know we both picked Kentucky, I want nothing more than to see Louisville win, and I think Louisville does have the opportunity to do that. Um, it's just a matter of consistency, and that's been an issue for this team all season. Uh, and playing up to their potential has been an issue all season. So we'll see what happens with that. All right, let's let's switch gears a little bit now and talk about this football game that we have coming up on Saturday at noon on ESPN. It's Louisville and Mississippi State in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl uh, there in Jacksonville, Florida. We know Jair Alexander is not going to play in the game. We know James Hearns is not going to play in the game. Uh, Mississippi State has a couple of key injuries. Their starting quarterback, whose name escapes me, and uh, Nick Fitzgerald, is not going to play. Uh, He had the leg injury in the Egg Bowl against Ole Miss, and Thompson came in and played for him in a loss to the Rebels. I do believe it was a loss to Ole Miss. I'll have to double-check that. But uh, he will be the starting quarterback for them, freshman out of New Orleans. Louisiana will start this game for Ole Miss. Uh, obviously, in the offseason, Dan Mullen took the job at Florida and took Todd Grantham, the former Louisville defensive coordinator, with him. So now they have an interim coach coaching this game um, and a couple other interim coaches as well uh, moving around, coaching some different positions for Ole Miss. So they don't have their starting quarterback. They don't have their head coach. They don't have their defensive coordinator. And I don't know. I, I've got a good feeling about this game for Louisville. But at the same time, you look at the players that are there on that defense for Mississippi State, which was vastly improved and one of the better defenses in the country this year. And those guys, the, the talent is still there. Now, the the coaching is not, but the talent is still there. Um, and you don't know how Ron English is going to call a game now, the acting defensive coordinator. Um, also, one-time Louisville defensive coordinator in 2008 under Crapthorpe. Um, so, you know, Rip. Yep. Um, so you don't really know how that's going to how he's going to call the game, how that's going to play out. But you know they do have talent. I mean, it's it's obvious. You look at their defense. They've got, uh, for the first time in school history, two all-SEC players uh, in their front seven uh, with Jeffrey Simmons and uh, Montez Sweat. So, I mean, they've got guys that can rush the passer and get after the quarterback and collapse the pocket. Um, but you look at the Louisville offense, and especially over the last three games, they have been rolling. And I mean, literally and figuratively. I mean, the running backs have been plowing over people uh, all day. Day Williams has been just trucking guys and getting as many yards as he seemingly wants to. Uh, and then Lamar has just been Lamar. Uh, the wide receivers really stepped up for Louisville, really made some big plays. Um, so, yes, Mississippi State is a really good defense. Um, but, but, I still like. Louisville's chances in this game, and I like the way this Louisville offense is playing. It's just it's going to be difficult for anybody to stop them. Um, now, I do 
I do wonder about the Louisville defense. Yes, they played really well the last couple games. Um, they were averaging, I think, like 39 points at one point during the season where they went one and three. And over the last three games, they're averaging like they're holding opponents to like 16 points a game. Um, so they have really kind of turned it around and have really played well. Uh, obviously, James Hearn's not going to be there, um, so you're not going to have that pass rusher. Um, and Jair Alexander not going to be there. But, but I'm not sure with a freshman quarterback and with the way that Mississippi State can run the ball how much they're going to be dropping back to pass anyway. Uh, so while having Jair Alexander, while you would rather have Jair on the field, think in this particular situation you're probably going to be okay uh, with him not being out there and by the way I don't fault him at all for not being out there go make your money son um, so I don't know Lewis I I have a good feeling but then I don't and then I have a good feeling but then I look at Mississippi State's defensive stats and then I'm like uh, but then I have a good feeling and then I look at what they're doing running the ball. And then I'm like, uh, I mean, I just think about I'm having flashbacks of the Boston College game where A.J. Dillon just ran through Louisville like it was nothing. Um, so I don't know. I Do you think that this game has more to do with Mississippi State and what they're going to do or what Louisville is going to do? Uh, uh Wow. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think it's more about what Mississippi State's going to do because um, I just don't think anybody really knows. And Petrino mentioned that in his presser, but it's it's going to be a really interesting weekend because I, I pretty much second everything you've said, um, and I'm. It's going to be a really really miserable weekend if we get beat by Kentucky Ugh. and lose to a coachless quarterbackless Mississippi State. Yes. Um, but I don't think that'll happen. I think I think we'll split it if anything. Um, and I hope we win the football game. <laughs> but uh, it, it's really I think a lot about Louisville going forward because um, uh, although you're you're most 99% sure losing Lamar Jackson, this is an opportunity with Hearns and Jair being out for some young guys or some guys that kind of got picked on at the beginning of the year, this is the opportunity to figure out whether the defense was got significantly better because Jair got back or they just got significantly better under uh, Peter Sermon, yeah. who um, was ridiculed the entirety of the beginning of the season, oh, rightfully God, so. Did. Yeah. Um, we ripped him a lot. So I, I even mean, on this it's, show, it's big for him too. Oh, on the show, hundred <laughs> percent. It's big for him. And it's big for the, the young guys that are going to be the young defensive guys, you know, um, uh, why is his name? Uh, Etheridge, who who already uh, yeah, was he's had a great season already. He he has, but I mean, it's big for him. It's big for guys like um, Avery and his name's escaping me. Uh, the other cornerback, uh, who the other freshman cornerback? Uh, who are you thinking of? Who am I thinking of? Man, why can't I think of his name? I can't either. C.J. Avery and. And it's just gone. It's just not there. Yeah. But I know what you're uh, Well, yeah. So it's big for those guys. And it's big for, if nothing else, because I've heard um, 
all all week on the radio. People talk about how meaningless bowl games are. Yeah, that's probably true. But if, if nothing else, it gives the guys a chance, the young guys a chance to propel themselves into the next season. And that's what Lamar did against Texas A&M. And the next season he won the Heisman. So it's like, I'm not, that's not going to happen with everybody. And Lamar was an unbelievable talent, regardless of whether he played Texas A&M and went off or not. But it's a it's an opportunity to show out on a national level, um, and and propel yourself into spring practice. And so, um, if nothing else, I hope they can do that. Um, and, and and hopefully we go up by enough to where we get to see Juwan pass in a bowl game, because um, that's probably what we're going to be seeing going forward. And I just hope Lamar has a stays healthy and has a a strong performance in what's likely his final game. Um, and I, I can't say it all the way through cause I'll cry, but his, his final game. Ugh. you just hit me right in the feels with that one. I think it's easy to say that these games are meaningless if you don't win the game. I think for the teams that win these games, they, they are everything but meaningless. Um, because especially the the experience that you're getting for other guys, the extra practice time is insanely important for young guys to get that extra month of practice. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it's easy to say they're meaningless if you're if you're not winning the game. Um, but I think if Louisville goes out and wins this game against what is a good Mississippi State defense, um, one of the better defenses that they will have faced this season, uh, if they can go out and win that game and put up some points and look impressive doing it, I think that that's a huge springboard. Um, regardless of what happens with Lamar and and what he ends up doing, of course we all think that this is going to be his last game. But regardless, I think this is a springboard into next year uh, for Louisville, and it's just continuing the momentum that they've already built up and I think that's another thing you you look at when you talk about this game and and these two teams they're at very different places right now I mean Mississippi State uh, let me look and see uh, what their record was over the last couple games Uh, they went one and two in their last Three games. They went two and two in the month of November. So they had the win over UMass in a game that was a 34-23 game. Um, and then they had the loss to Alabama in a game that was really close, and they really had a chance to beat Bama and ended up losing that one. And then they go and they beat Arkansas by a touchdown at Arkansas, and then they come home and they lose to Ole Miss, uh, and they lose their starting quarterback at that time. So they're 2-2 two and two in the month of November. Uh, Dan Mullen leaves to go take the Florida job. Um, so you question, you know, what is the buy-in right now? What is the level of excitement for these guys uh, headed into this bowl game? Um, and then on the other side of the coin, you look at Louisville, and for the first time, in a while, in the last couple of seasons, we can say Louisville is really surging at the end of the year and really trending in the right direction, uh, and they bring all kinds of momentum into this game. Um, and I think this is a game that Louisville wants. They want to win this game really bad. Um, they want to to get this victory, and I think it would just cap off. I think that you could consider this a good year uh, if Louisville were to go and win this bowl game and get to nine wins. Is it what we hoped and prayed and expected it to be? No, not at all. Uh, nobody thought we were going to lose to Boston College. Uh, nobody thought you were going to let that Clemson game get away from them the way they did. Um, 
so no, it's not everything we hoped for. But if you can turn it around the way that they did and then go win this bowl game, go beat Mississippi State, I think it's huge. And I think it's huge going into next year. Um, and I like the way Louisville's playing right now. I like the way they're playing on both sides of the ball. Um, and I think you're right. I think this is a chance to, to really see, it, did the defense really just get better, or was it just really the Jair Alexander effect? Um, this is going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a tight one early. Uh, I think that Louisville will be able to pull away. Uh, I kind of hope it's not tight early. I kind of hope Louisville just comes out and kicks their teeth in. Um, and Lamar's running all over the field. That would be awesome. Um, but it's going to be a test for the offensive line against that defensive front for Mississippi State because they are active. Uh, they do get in the backfield. But it's going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be an exciting game to watch. Um, but I do – I just – I like Louisville's chances. I just think that right now they're at two totally different places. Um, I think Louisville's in a really good place right now. And this is – if they can go win this game, then this is a, a heck of a coaching job, I think, by Bobby Petrino to take this team from where they were at the midpoint of the season to getting to nine wins and a win over a ranked SEC opponent. Um, I think that's a good way to cap off the year. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I think people saying that um, – people ho-humming that it's, oh, we, we got stuck with Mississippi State. That's a joke. Mississippi State's an SEC West team that – um, that, like you said, uh, have said multiple times, has an SEC caliber defense, and yeah. um, they still have all the guys. You know, they lost their their best player, probably their quarterback, but they still have their entire defense that um, you know that destroyed teams throughout the season. So, uh, I'm just glad that we get to watch Lamar one more time, at least. Um, hopefully, he doesn't change his mind between now and Saturday. But I'm ready just to go out and. Give it to an SEC West team, yes. something that uh, UK cannot do. No, so. they can't. The one thing I will say about the Mississippi State offense, uh, they do have a really a really good running back in um, was it Ayers Williams. Um, he's a stud. He kind of does everything. Um, but it was really about Nick Fitzgerald and what he was just able to do from his quarterback position uh, to really move this offense along and get them to score points. But without him – I mean, when you really start to look at it, they don't really have a wide receiver that jumps off the page and is like a, a guy that's just impossible to cover. They don't really have that. Um, so the load of this offense is going to be on Aris Williams' shoulders, so they're going to be very run-heavy. Um, so you would think that it shouldn't be too much of an issue to game plan for Louisville uh, and for Peter Sermon, especially because, I mean, Peter Sermon knows these guys. He knows what Mississippi State has. Um, he was just there. so uh, And he actually recruited the uh, quarterback, Thompson, for Mississippi State that will be playing in this game. Uh, Peter Sermon recruited him uh, when, he was, when he was there at Mississippi State. So there's a lot of familiarity um, for him with this program and with these guys. So I think that that only helps Louisville uh, in the defensive meeting rooms. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, high noon kickoff, so plenty of time to uh, either get over it or, you know, stay angry about it if you want to. I mean, it's, it's totally up to you. Um, but there's some other really good games that will be going on on Saturday as well. Something that I saw, Lewis, before we wrap up that I wanted to get your 
opinion on because I'm pretty sure you're you're gonna have a really good opinion about this one. Uh, Navy played Virginia this afternoon, and I don't know if you saw the score on this one or not. I did. They got absolutely pounded. Yes, but did you take a look at the box score at all? No. Navy. I didn't. Beat them. Navy beat Virginia forty-two to seven this afternoon. Navy attempted forty-nine to seven. Forty-nine to seven. Sorry, Navy attempted one pass and it was an incompletion, and they beat them forty-nine to seven. And Virginia scored their only touchdown on the opening possession on a kickoff return for touchdown, and got. Pounded, forty-nine to seven. I think everybody on the Navy roster rushed for at least hundred yards. Like the water boy, uh, all of the equipment staff, like they all rushed for about hundred yards. Attempted one pass and it was incomplete, and won forty-nine to seven. Yuck! Can you imagine being at that game as a Virginia fan? Like you score no, it- on the opening kickoff. And then you don't score again, and you can't stop a team that attempts one pass, and it's incomplete. Well, how many rushing attempts did they have? Uh, all of them. <laughs> but how many was that? Oh, gosh. Let me look real quick uh, and pull up that box score. I could not believe it. When I saw the score, I was like, dang, Virginia got hosed. And then I look at it, it and I'm like. It must have been a fast game, though. It, it, yeah. Did they rush the whole time? It's got to be. Let's see. Um Okay, uh, box score. Okay, Virginia rushing. Virginia. Da, 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 da. Okay, show me Navy. Where is Navy? There we go. Navy. Uh, <laughs> Seventy-six carries for Navy in this game for four hundred and fifty-two yards and seven touchdowns. They averaged 5.9 yards per play. No receiving yards for Navy. And, yeah, one pass attempt. 76 guess, uh, rushes. Navy's going to have a hard time recruiting wide receivers going forward, I feel like, unless they just want to be blockers the whole time. Oh, golly. I could not even imagine. Ugh. Some bowl games tonight, if you're looking for something to watch. Uh, Stanford and TCU in the Valero Alamo Bowl. Uh, That one's on ESPN at 9 o'clock. And over on Fox Sports 1, uh, Washington State and Michigan State. So two ranked matchups. Stanford 13, TCU 15. And then Washington State's 18th and Michigan State is 16th. They're playing in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl uh, over on FS1 also at 9 o'clock. Um... Yeah, Oklahoma State up 13-7 to right now on Virginia Tech at halftime of their game in the Camping World Bowl. So, the walk-on bowl was the, last the night. Walk-on bowl with Florida State thumping uh, Southern Miss in a game that I don't think Yikes. was a big shocker uh, to anybody. I'm kind of trying to look and see what else is going to be happening on Saturday. Uh, Iowa plays Memphis in the Liberty Bowl. or Sorry, Iowa State plays Memphis in the Liberty Bowl. Washington and Penn, and Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl on Saturday. And uh, Wisconsin and Miami play in the Orange Bowl on Saturday night at uh, 8 o'clock on ESPN. That's going to be interesting. Um I really don't know how I feel about that because 
I don't, Miami's kind of put some doubt in my mind over the way they've played. And then Wisconsin, I mean, I have no faith in Wisconsin. I think they're the biggest fraud at number six. Yeah, you went undefeated. You didn't play anybody. Yeah, Miami's going to destroy Wisconsin, so. I think so. Easy. I, I think Washington and Penn State might be the better game. might be the best game of the night. Um they play at 4 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, Penn State's a two-point favorite right now. Wisconsin is at four-and-a-half-point favorite over Miami. Stop give it. Stop it. Get out. Give me the four-and-a-half, okay? I'll take that. Four-and-a-half. Four that's ridiculous. Uh, Louisville's a six-and-a-half-point favorite right now over Mississippi State, in case you wanted to know that one. Um, so now you know. Uh, Lewis, prediction time. What do you think happens on Saturday uh, for the Cards and the Bulldogs? Uh, I think Lamar is going to, uh, hopefully, this is a hope, um, that he has a, a pretty explosive first half, uh, maybe maybe three quarters. Um, maybe, uh, let's say Louisville, Louisville 42, Mississippi State 24. Let's get that. Let's get that. I want to see that. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm a believer in Louisville. Uh, I, I'm i also a believer in the Mississippi State defense. Give me cards 35, Mississippi State 17. Uh, so still a, a good win for Louisville, but I do think that the Mississippi State defense is, is going to bow up at a, a couple of times um, and maybe stop the bleeding a little bit, but I just don't know if their offense is going to be able to manufacture enough points. Uh, so 35-17 cards over the Bulldogs on Saturday. Quickly, Lewis, before we get out of here, we're not going to have a show again before the college football playoff and, um, well, we will before the national championship, but not before the playoff. So, quickly, Georgia-Oklahoma uh, on New Year's Day in the Rose Bowl. Who do you like? Um, that's actually kind of a tough one for I me. know. I know. Um, You go first. I'm going to think. I'm going Oklahoma because I just think their offense is that explosive. And as much as I can't stand Baker Mayfield, um, I do think that he's incredible. So I have no doubt in my mind. Now, Georgia's Georgia's incredible as well. I mean, their defense is nasty. um, But I just think Oklahoma's offense is going to be able to do enough to get that win for them. Uh, So I like Oklahoma over Georgia uh, to advance to the national championship game. And then they will play the winner of Alabama Clemson. So, with that being said, Lou, Oklahoma or Georgia? I guess I I don't like Mayfield either. Um, I respect him, though. So you're going to um, go so Georgia? Go Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> you baited me into that one. I was like, okay, he's going to go Georgia. Okay, so you're going Oklahoma, too. I'm not picking an SEC Okay, team. I should have known. I'm not picking Alabama either. There we go. Clemson. I'm not picking Alabama either. Clemson Tigers. You hear me? Clem- Clemson. Clemson or Clemson. Clemson. I'm going to take Clemson all... or Clemson. I'm taking all four of the pronunciations. Uh, so give me a Clemson-Oklahoma uh, national championship game. I'm pretty sure that's a rematch um, of a did they play in a bowl game recently? Like in the last like three or four years? And I think Clemson like totally took them to the woodshed. Um, 
have to double check on that. So if it's a Clemson Oklahoma uh, national championship, we're not going to have to pick that yet because we will have a show before then. So we both say uh, Clemson and Oklahoma in the championship game, and we will holla at you guys uh, next Thursday. And we'll give our predictions on what we think will happen in that national championship game. And hopefully, we're celebrating a win over Kentucky and a win over Mississippi State. For Lewis, I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. Go Cards. Have a great weekend, guys. Happy New Year to everybody. And we will talk to you guys in 2018. Right now I know where this will go. But there's a...